it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. lovelies can you believe it's almost the end of january already flying by i hope it's been a good month so far and that you are feeling inspired and just taking things in stride because that's what it's all about i have a great conversation to share with you today i'm talking to jules gissler and she is a wonderful artist and a compassionate human and just a lovely person all the way around and she reached out and said hey i would love to chat with you sometime and i thought Excellent. So if any of you feel the same, feel free to reach out to me. I I love hearing from you. So a little bit about Jules and her work. You can call it fantastical, whimsical, or unconventional. She does not color in the proverbial lines, and she's proud to create art that has a voice and a story. Over the years, her work has taken different shapes, as has she. Both Jules and her work are braver, bolder, and more unafraid to take up space. They are also examples of the important role humor and connection play in the evolution of all of us. One hallmark of Jules' work is the liberal use of mixed media. From acrylic to sequins and colored pencils to gouache and also collage, Jules' work gets its personality from varying mediums. As a young child, she created a piece of work titled Celeste. Naming the work made her feel more connected. The work came alive in new ways, and she continued this tradition throughout her career, giving each painting a short story or a lengthy descriptive title. She shares these stories with collectors in hopes that they too will form a special bond with the work that they acquire. Here's how Jules describes her work. My art is an embodiment of who I am. It is how I live my magic, the combination of vulnerability, attachment to nature, courage, and my voice that make me unlike any other being under the sun. I am grateful to have discovered these qualities and hope the many layers of emotions and experiences I have show up in my work in a way that inspires smilishness, which is my Dr. Seuss made up word, as well as connection. Thank you, Jules, for being your honest, true, vulnerable, creative, beautiful self in our conversation today. And I'm sure all of you will have gems to take away. So let's not wait. Here's Jules. All right, Jules, I'm so glad you're here. And just I just love getting to know you and watching your journey. And I'm excited to share you with everybody else. Well, thank you for having me, Margo. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. So you are just a painter of whimsical and wonderful people and animals. And I just, I know you have an interesting path. So do share on how you kind of landed where you are now. Sure. I, um, well, I was listening to your podcast the other day and noticed that you had a similar path where you wanted to go to this, um, art college and, and just get it done and move on. And I 
the same thing. I wanted to go to the Colorado Institute of Art. I went with my parents down there. I was determined I was going to go there. And then my mom said, would you please just go to the university for one year just so you get that exposure? Yeah. And so I went, I went to Montana State, Bozeman, and um, loved it, stayed there, graduated from there. And it was a really cool experience. So I stayed in Bozeman the summer that I graduated, and I knew I had to leave the nest and get out because I would stay there forever because I just loved it. So um, Jill had recommended Atlanta, Georgia, because it was this new and happening um, graphic design area. And so I I um, packed up, moved down there. Wow, what a change. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had to learn how to decipher a Southern accent. I'd ordered iced tea. It'd come, you know, with a Came ton of sweet. sugar in yeah. it. <laughs> I, you know, I did the same thing. I moved to Atlanta once and I, I can relate. It, 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 it was, it, I mean, it was a melting, but they had people from Texas and Michigan, but it it was definitely uh, a, a different piece of my life than Montana. So I went to work at a, envelope company. <laughs> wow. I worked in the graphic design um, department and I was the only woman manager and it was like this five fortune 500 company. So I thought, you know, my dad will be so proud, I, you know, because <laughs> he was so conservative and you work at this fortune 500 company the rest of your life and get your <laughs> pension. And so of course I shortly got, you know, a little bored. So I started doing jewelry made out of hardware on the side and um, my roommate actually was um, went to work for the American College of London. Oh wow! So I w- I was looking in W Magazine. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I saw this article on Theo Fennell, mm. and he was a jewelry designer. And this was back when you know there was an email or. Yes. I called him up and said, oh, I'm um, this jewelry designer in Atlanta, and I would love to meet with you. <laughs> I was so green. I was so green. I love it. And so I go to it, and he, you know, he wanted to meet me, which was awesome on his side. <laughs> I mean, that, that I was just shocked and surprised. But so I go there, and I took my Ziploc bag full of hardware jewelry. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> And so I met with him, kindest, kindest man. And he said, I want you to move here and go to this fine jewelry school. And then you can learn how to do it and work for me. And and all I can think about was my dad. Oh, my gosh. No way. You know, what will I do? You know, I'm sure he won't give me any money. I have to do this on my own. And he's so conservative. And so anyway... But Theo said, why don't you go over to Harrods where I have my stuff and see if they'll oh, carry your wine. gosh. So I went over there. And again, I'm very green. I, I go, he gave me the name of the person. I said, is so-and-so here? And they said, no, she's not today. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. So you took yourself to London to meet with him? Yes, yes. Oh, oh my gosh. I love this so much. Okay. And then I, um, I thought, okay, I'm determined to sell something here. So I went, I, is it Portobello Street? I yeah, Portobello Road. Went real artsy. And so I went in all these little boutiques to see if somebody would buy something. And this Italian girl said, oh, I love it. You can move here and be my guest and live with me. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know, oh this is just working out perfect. But 
all I can think about is my dad worked for Texaco for all these years <laughs> and I can't, do, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Oh I my gosh, it. Julie. Oh. But then I will tell you. So oh, that's was, like my dream job. <laughs> well, this was about, um, okay. Four years ago, I went to London and um, I said, all I want to do is go to Harrods and see Theo's jewelry. Yeah, so we yeah. go to Harrods and they said oh he pulled out like five years ago so then we were driving and here's this shop theo Fennell, and we ah. pulled over went inside i didn't even ask if he was there and told these girls you know when i was in my 20s i came here da, 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 oh da, my and, gosh and now you know he does work for elton john and the King, oh yeah you know oh my gosh the and things it, that would change our lives that don't <laughs> Well, you and you have to look him up because he ha does these rings and you open them up and there's like this whole little scene. Oh, I have it, it'll be in the show notes. I already have have pulled it up on my computer. Amazing. So it's you so cool. So you then went back to the envelope company. I did. And well, uh, for, wait, I, wait, I do have you, to say, yeah, I, keep going because I, do I don't want to miss anything <laughs> with with um, Theo. And he was so kind. He sent me this letter that came by boat because I got it six months later. But oh. anyway, um, when I, we came back from London after seeing his shop and all that, yeah, I yeah. So found him on Instagram and I wrote him a message and he was so kind. I said, you oh. know, my path took a different turn. And and he said, I hope you're happy in life. And da, 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 oh, just my very goodness. Kind. So just had to throw That's that in amazing. There, but... That's amazing. So, well, I mean, what did it feel like to say no to that? All I could think about was money. My dad is so conservative and, you know, it was just, I just thought I can't do that. You know, I, I just thought another country, I just, I, I wish that, you know, but long in the, you know, looking back on it, I don't think I could work that tiny. <laughs> so I think I would probably be blind now. I <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like reaching out to Theo Fennell and saying, Hey, will you take me on? <laughs> oh my gosh. I I, that's, that, you know, but there's so many stories. I'm sure there are many people listening right now that are thinking, Oh my gosh, that reminds me of that thing I wanted to do, but didn't, or that time I was brave, but you know, parents carry a lot of weight. Parent, parents, parents, they do. it's so true. And you know, I, I tried so hard to find a way to, to, be paid um, legally in London. I was a I was a restaurant. I was a waitress in London, and and couldn't do that forever. Right, right, <laughs> at the right. table. And I, you know, when I was trying to do that, there I would write to the you know the American Embassy and was like, how can I do this? And they said, you know, you have to prove yourself um, a necessary uh, employee. And I just didn't I didn't know how to do it. And and how cool that that um there were ways but you know we it's just you have to take those things and say that was a remarkable experience it did a lot for my you know my confidence and then we it, there's so many factors for the decisions we make and i i just think this is a great example of yeah i probably would have you know as much as i wanted to do that my uh, there are decisions i definitely made you know school that school i went to like you because Right. Because uh, because my parents really thought that was a good idea. And uh, yeah, th it's just the things that shape us. But that's a great story, Julie. Jules, I well, love it. Oh, oh, okay. So this is another little story. So 
so then I go back to the envelope company and I'm working, but I'm still trying to do things on the side. So I came up with this idea of doing a rock pillow that looks like a rock. You know, I carved it out of foam, covered it with velvet, hand painted some oatmeal with moss on it and thought, oh, this is just brilliant. You know, this is just going to fly. And so I took it to the merchandise mart, met this guy and he said, yes, (laughs) I'll carry it in your showroom. But my showroom, but I need something else to go with your line. Oh, and I, I kind of jumped ahead. <laughs> with so, your line. <laughs> your whole yeah, line. With my line of rocks. <laughs> but what in between that, I had done a hand-painted vest for the American Craft Council. Yeah. And um, it was for their silent auction. And um, cool. Helen Ballard Weeks had actually been <gasps> on my vest, but somebody nice. else had, had got it. So then go back to the rock pillow. So, and then Ballard Weeks, for those who don't know who she is, um, was Ballard Designs. She started Ballard Designs, which in the States here was a, or is still a, a very uh, influential and good catalog company based in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she was a very sweet and sold yeah. the company. But yeah. Um, so then I, um, thought about, okay, I did that vest. So I went home and I hand painted a bunch of pillows, sewed things onto them, um, brought them back to him. And he said, well, these don't really go with the rock. <laughs> so, but <laughs> why don't you go up to this showroom? And I went up there and she said, well, I love the hand painted pillows, but I don't like that rock. And I was like, so determined with this rock. So then I went to the design center yeah. and I went in there and I said, and she looked at it and she goes, what were you on acid when you did these? Oh my and gosh. I just, so I you just, had com- three completely different opinions about your work all at once. Yes. Yes. And I said, these have been well received at the merchandise mart. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rude. And Do you remember the showrooms at the merchandise mart? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, Bobby Cox was the, um, the one that took the pillows. Awesome. Um, I don't remember the, the man's name, but, um, so then from there, then I went and I actually, Helen Ballard bought, um, my Christmas tree and this baby angel that mm-hmm. I did. Um, and then, um, from that, um, let's see, I got, then I got married and we moved quite a bit. We moved to Richmond, Virginia mm-hmm. and then New York city, wow. which, um, then I um, took my pillows to ABC Carpet and Home. Oh, yeah. And he bought them. And yeah, so yeah. that was an awesome experience. And mm-hmm. I went to um, wow. Henry Bindle. Is yeah. that how you say it? I yep. always pronounce it. Um, they had this monthly thing called Looksee, where you bring your line and then they call your name and you spread it out on a table. And Oh, my gosh. It, and um, he wanted me to do... Um, here I am living in New York City. He wanted me to do trays. And I thought, how am I going to figure out trays? I've got, <laughs> I've got, I finally got the pillows figured out and, you know, and a seamstress and all that. Anyway, um, so I did these, I thought they were cool stockings. They weren't ordinary, but, but again, he didn't, he didn't want those. So then um, I just continued to sell the pillows to different places and had them in uh, Mart in LA. And Jules, then- what did the pillows look like? Oh my goodness. Um, oh wow. Um, I did everything I did. Were they hand painted? Um, 
they were all hand painted okay. and all okay. hand sewn. <laughs> uh-huh. I would sell, I would sew jewelry on them, uh, pom poms. Um, wow. Oh, I don't know. Just what, did, were they were they under your name or did you have a a business name for them? I my business name was J Period. I can't remember if I went under Jules Gissler or J Period for that. Um, but um, so those did okay. Um, and then I came up with the baby angel doll, which was this doll that wasn't a perfect angel and it had a message on its heart, uh, celebrating individuality and, um, um, accepting people's differences. And that, that, you know, if I made that at least one person cried to me when she found that baby angel doll and it just made it all worth it. And I, but I ended up donated them to the Kathy Lee Gifford, um, Cody house in New York city. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so that, that, that was kind of a floppy flop, but, um, and then I, Oh, and then I was going to write and illustrate children's books. So I, um, came up with a story called the bopples. Well, no, it's called the sweater suits, but and I was walking my dog one day and this bus came by with the Teletubbies on them. And I'm like, Oh my God, those are my, my bopples. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how somebody else comes up with the same idea. But yeah. Um, anyway, so I continued to send it out a little bit, but nobody was interested in that. And then I wrote this um, other story about these two little girls that meet at the lake and it was called the suits. And um, somebody was interested in that. And we worked on it for like a year, it seemed like. And oh, she was gosh. just about ready to um show it to um the other editors and then she was laid off and then uh, it sat there for three more months and I was like you know what this is not my thing this is yeah. too much um and then um back to the zigs because the zigs have, have been timeless and then I came up with this idea um the hockey team the red wings because mm-hmm. it's they're made out of wing nuts and pearls and oh. I thought oh I'll I'll um paint them red and then um, they will buy them, and, and they'll and have was, to. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was all the licensing thing, you know. So that, oh, yeah. that didn't work. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, Jules, you're obviously a dig in and dive in and and just do it, person. And I love that. And I think often where we live, I mean, this is sort of has just kind of come up in what you're describing. But being in Atlanta, you were right by the mark. The the in Atlanta, what we're talking about, the merchandise mart is where people from all over the United States go to buy for their stores. So if you're right there, there's an opportunity to go in. And Helen Ballad Weeks is right there. And then if you're in New York, um, Bendel's is right there. And ABC Carpet is, you know, it, it's just I love opportunistic opportunities. And I don't mean in a bad way, like, hey, why don't we just try it? And I've I've found that too in my own business. When when you show your work where press can see it, press will cover you. When you show your work where you can have immediate response and potentially be in the store you want to be, that's that's so great that you just, you know, tucked your bag under your arm and went off and <laughs> and showed it. Cause it because it does. It's stores, I feel like often stores and businesses are are looking for a way to be unique, right? right. And I think that's why our art is um found by them and and you know they're trying to find a way to stand out from everybody else so 
your art is has consistently um been very you and and it's worked so i i love the tale of doing this and it's still possible to do that you don't have to wait around and be found you can go to that stationary store you want to be in or that store and figure out who the buyer is and have a conversation you could just do it right right yeah that has always been my motto why not just mm-hmm. just why not <laughs> i think that'll be a good common thread throughout this conversation you know when you think about that when you say why not um what comes to mind for you? Um, t- to me, it's just if you see an opportunity or if you have a thought, why not act on it? I mean, it. You know what? What's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, somebody tells you you're on acid when you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it it just kind of it just drives me to just keep doing it. I mean, I I just. You know, it's living life. It's yeah. it's having that passion and yeah. going for it. I love that. So after the so the pillows were sorry, we were deep in the pillows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Then uh, when we moved, uh, we moved to Denver. I had my daughter in New York City. We moved to Denver. Then we moved here to Phoenix. And um, about four years after that, I I mean, I was a mom all the way and um, went through a divorce. And that was when I said, you know what? I am living my passions. I am going for it no matter what. I had like five different jobs. I uh, was started with doing the jewelry. Then I um, started painting dogs and started painting flowers and then people making cards out of them. And, um, and I also thought, okay, so what do actors do? You know, you know, what kind of job do they do <laughs> when they're waiting for their big moment? And so I became a receptionist um, so that I could have that headspace where I could still do things like yeah. I, I was like taking Lilla's classes and I I couldn't bring in my paints. They let me draw at work. So I, that's how I discovered colored pencils. And I found this realistic side of me. And I also found I like to write stories. And that's yeah. when I wrote my book, Getting Your Magic Back. Uh Um, which is just a short, like 30 page. Cause when I went through my divorce, people kept saying, um, read this book, read this book. And it's just like your head's about to explode. And I, and I thought, I just want something short, two lines per page. Yeah. And since then I've had people that, you know, have cancer addictions. Um, there was this cool story, um, somebody had messaged me on my, um, Jules Kessler artist page on Facebook and said, um, I gotta tell you, I, um, cause it was, it's an orange square book. And he said, I was at the, um, light rail. I, he said, I lost my job. I lost my home. I, you know, had an addiction problem and I'm sitting at the light rail and I see this orange square and I go over and I pick it up and I read it. It was my book, getting your magic back. Uh-huh. And he goes, I cannot tell you how much that meant to me. And I, I, he said, did you put that there? And I said, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I donated it to uh, a lot of copies to fresh start, which is a woman's, um, um, helping women. And I actually attended it when I went through my divorce and they offer, you know, clothes and, and speech writing and, you know, resume writing and all that. So anyway, that was just such a cool story. And oh just, gosh. um, 
and I've had other people reach out to me like that. And I only have a couple copies left, so I'd love to get it published. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it needs to be. I, I love that he took the time to say something about that. Tell, tell you know, we you're just touching on this. So tell, tell us a little bit about this book, like how it came to be. You know what? I was, that was when I was a receptionist and it just kind of flowed. I, I always thought I was going to write something about it, what I'd been through. And, and it just was like two lines per page. Um, and the first word is, I just, <laughs> you know, it's like when I took it around to the stores I, and I, I was like, I'm sorry, you know, and they go, no, that is so what you're feeling, you know, just saying yeah. that word made it, made you feel better. But, and at the end it's, um, you know, the, your yellow brick road is wavy, no doubt some bricks trip you up, but it's a heart stirring route. I mean, there's mm. some, some great lines at the end. Um, you know, you're getting your magic back and, um, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Well, we'll just need to have that published. <laughs> Cause you published it yourself, right? I did. I yeah. self-published it. Yes. I yeah. Love it. it does. It does stand out. Well, we'll, We'll put some pictures of that okay. so people can see. I love that so much. So I came in contact with you when you were kind of in that really hard space trying to figure out you knew you're obviously a seasoned creative person, worker. You went to school for it and you did that. And then, you know, I think when somebody something like a divorce or losing a job or whatever throws us for a loop like that you know, we, we kind of lose our, we can lose our footing and not, not know where to start because we still have the expenses and the kids and the friends and the, and the drive or the, or the desire, I should say, but you have to pay the rent. So I love that you thought about it in the way that you did and thought, what, what can I do that, that I'm going to, that'll keep me, you know, doing the things I need to, um, but leave space for, for me to be me. And, and and you really did. I mean, the book came out of that, which is which is amazing. But that's also when I I feel like that's the time we met. And I know we talked several times then. And it was you were kind of not not stuck, but saying, like, how do I how do I show up? How do I do this? You know, you're I think your com confidence was took a hit. Yeah. So what so how in. And I know there was a couple of things that we talked about, like when you, when you put your work on LinkedIn, it was like, how do I get myself seen? Which is the biggest question y'all ask me, like, how do I get myself in front of the right people? And this is what, one of the reasons that I, I knew this conversation would resonate because um, you just kept going and you kept saying, I'm, I'm going to create these things that I love. Um, and one of them, so your fabulous stories, which you took into stores, and, and I'd love to know more about that, and your pet, pet portraits too. So, kind of tell tell us what what evolved out of this time for you, and kind of what that was like. Um, people started wanting their own pets instead of the dogs that I was drawing, and yeah, so you were drawing dog, cute dogs, yeah, very and, whimsical, uh, yes, yes, and. Um, I wanted to have people recognize that this is a jewels. And um, so I would do these pink and yellow eyes and they were never looking straight ahead. They were either looking up, down or sideways and, and a lot of curly cues. And then I'd write the title up the side of the canvas and over the top. And that's kind of how I do my cards that it goes up and over the top. 
Um, and so um, those have evolved into um, like I put them in pajamas or boas or sunglasses. And then if some people want realistic eyes, then I do realistic eyes. If some people want realistic pets, I do realistic pets. So I'm kind of all over the place. And I like that, mm-hmm. that um, it's not just one particular style. It's just like, oh, you know, I, yeah. I'll, and I love just connecting with the client and um, the dog, you know, you're sitting there staring in their sweet eyes or the cat and, and you feel like you get to know them personally, you know, if there's like some sort of connection there. Um, so that, that's a huge thing that I love doing. And then the, the women, I, I have finally brought those onto canvas and I write the story on the side of the the painting. Um, so I've only done like three of them, but I would like to do more, um, and then I like to do landscapes. Oh, oh, and then, so this year was so exciting because somebody who, this couple I had done a couple pet portraits to. Oh, good. I'm glad you're going to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> asked me, would you um, paint a friend of ours I, and um, for the American Cancer Society? And I said, sure. You know, because again, why not? You know? Right, right. And they said, it's Brittany Griner. And I'm like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Hey, creative friends. If you're a lifelong learner like me, when a new year starts, you are probably looking for a new creative adventure. If you're looking for one that will take your creativity to new heights, let me recommend Beth Buffington's online course, Learn the Art of Procreate. Procreate is an amazing app for drawing and painting on your iPad. It will explode your creativity to new heights. With Procreate's portability, you can draw and paint with the messiest art supplies anywhere, the car, the park, your couch, the airport, because it's all in your lap on your iPad. And Beth's class will teach you how to get your artwork out of your iPad and into the world onto products or prepped for that dream licensing agent. You'll discover that you can take your creative business or side hustle to places you didn't know were possible. Here's a quote from one of Beth's visionary Procreate students. I have had the most remarkable summer. I thought I was signing up for a class about the ins and outs of Procreate, but it was so much more than I could have ever imagined. I was able to learn more about marketing my artwork and taking my illustration career to the next level. I can't thank Beth enough for her encouragement, kindness, and support. I've never had someone see my work so clearly and inspire me to be bold and take a leap. Thank you, Beth. You've changed my life forever. So if you're curious about really learning Procreate, join Beth Buffington for her online course, Learn the Art of Procreate. Enrollment opens on January 22nd and class begins on January 31st. And join Beth for one of her six free Procreate workshops in January. To get all the dates and registration info, go to www.bdi-create.today backslash windowsill. I'm going to say that one more time. wwwbdi dash create dot today backslash windowsill. If you check out the Create Today site before enrollment begins, just hop on the wait list for special gifts. Just imagine what you could create today with Procreate. Your portrait of Brittany Griner, again, head over to Windowsill Chat's Instagram and I'll have it on there. But good grief. It is gorgeous, Jules. Absolutely oh, stunning. I feel like it captures her, it captures so much emotion. 
And I love that they thought to ask you this because your portraits are so whimsical. Like there's a there's a way if you if you bought a greeting card of yours, you might not know that you had the the passion and skill to do something as realistic as that. And I I love the complete range that your art takes on, but this portrait is so good. Oh, so good. They, they, I did it from a photo. They gave me this photo and um but it w- it was it was like you know I just didn't let my head go there like like okay everybody's gonna know this person so it has to be you know I didn't psych myself out I just and the hardest part was the the tattoos mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like putting together a puzzle but um, <laughs> it 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 I truly I still go I don't I don't think how'd you do this <laughs> did you what was the feedback that you got from them um. I mean, they just were very kind and, and, you know, excited, um, for the auction and, um, oh my gosh, the cool thing was I got to see Brittany play and I had never been to, um, the Phoenix Mercury basketball game. So that was really cool. But, um, that was, that was exciting. It was, it was a, uh, yeah, that was great. And, uh, the other cool thing that happened this year um, was I got to collaborate with Michael Gray for Birkenstock and mm-hmm. put a couple of my pieces of art on Birkenstocks, which was which was very cool. And I still don't know what cool socks look best with Birkenstocks. So you guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a barefoot barefoot Birkenstocks person. <laughs> Well, for wintertime, I thought I need some cool socks that's to go true. with my Birkenstocks. You do. <laughs> well, there's a lot of cool socks. Maybe that's your next thing, Jules. You have to do socks too. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I remember when you were trying to figure out how to have your art seen, um, we talked about LinkedIn, you and I. And yeah. you, you again, you just said, why not? And you put your art on there and it was almost instantaneously picked up by someone who wanted it for who was an interior designer who mm-hmm. wanted who wanted your work and i felt like that opened up a different avenue for for you can you talk a little bit about that experience yeah it, uh he had just moved here from california adam and um um it was you know right at the i can't remember if it was right after the pandemic or right before but you know there was not much movement and um he got um this children's room baby's room this i mean it's like four bedroom room <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. and so i um he took a couple of my abstracts and he took um this little whimsical girl that i had done quite a while ago and these whimsical i call them dr seuss like flowers i love dr seuss um, and then he commissioned me to do, I think it was, it, it was elephants and monkeys, a, a large painting. Um, so yeah, I was very grateful for that. And actually I, I really would love to work with more, um, interior designers. I just, um, but yeah, I'm so all over the place, but, well, but uh, it, it, I felt like that was an experience that worked of how, yes, it did. how to put it yourself did. out in front of people. It did. It did. And, uh, and I'm not on any special like paid LinkedIn. I'm just on just the freebie LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And do you post, just post your work there? What do you, how do you show up there? 
I usually, um, I try to do a post, uh, daily just because it's, it's like exercise. It's like something that, you know, whatever it is. And even if I don't, you know, if you don't like it, just post it, just do, just, just put it out there because somebody else might like it. So I do, um, uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and, um, I I get too involved in the, my stories because I love to add music to it and mm-hmm. I get way too much detail. You know, I spend probably too much time, but I love music. I've always loved music and that's kind of like what keeps me going. But mm-hmm. um, I love that. I want to scoot back to your pet portraits for a minute because I feel like they're so unique and whimsical. And yes, you do, you know, very realistic ones, but it felt it feels to me from looking like your first love is the whimsy. And, and I would just love to know when you, when you are commissioned for that, what's your kind of process and, and you add secret messages. How, do, how do you, um, how do the connections kind of go for you? How do you how start that process and how do you think through it? Um, well, I have them send me a few photos because, you know, like, like even a person, when you get your photo taken, you look different in each one. Yeah. And then I crop it. And then, um, depending on what size they want and say, you know, does this look good to you? And then, um, we, if it's whimsical, we talk about their personality and, um, I ask them if there's any colors they don't like. And, um, like, um, I did this um, pet portrait for Hoka and Soul Sports, which is a sports store here. And I did all their shop dogs. So that was cool because one was in a Hawaiian shirt, one was in a tiara, and one was just plain. And so it just kind of, it just added to their personalities. And so then we, we, um, I tell them, you know, my ideas, what I'm thinking of, maybe they want them full body in a flapper dress, you know, or, or, um, with a boa and a cigarette or whatever. <laughs> um, there's, I, I loved putting them in pajamas too. I put some in pajamas. Um, but anyway, it's just their personality. And then, um, the title at the side and over the top, that is just kind of a little secret for the, the client. And, um, they tell me about their personality, unless there's something special that they want written, then um, I put together about three or four different lines, and then they can edit it or scrap it. And that's a, that's the very last thing I do. And then the background just depends. I ask them, you know, if there's any certain background they like, or then I I, I like to do the dog or the cat first, and then decide, you know, what would be a cool background you know, because some of them I've done everything from hydrangeas to um, just very whimsical flowers to, um, oh, I don't know. I just, just, a, a, yeah, a lot of different things. But <laughs> did I answer your question? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's so, it's, they're so unique in a good way. And you, you do a, um, a festival, right? I can't remember what it's called. I had it somewhere. The Furry I do, Friends yes. Fine Art Festival. Is that kind of, what's that festival? And how does that help with get your your work in yeah. front of people? It's very sweet. It's um, the Schemer Art Center and um, it's on Camelback in Arcadia if you live in this area. And it's in February. It's the end of February. And it's, um, I think about 20, 30 artists. And it's all 
pet centered and nice. I always do the art every year. And so there's like, you'll see banners and, and, um, uh, ads in supermarkets and whatever for, um, and sometimes in magazines for the, um, Arcadia newspaper for, for the, um, show. And they have live music and they have crafts for the kids and they had to have a pet parade and they have, you know, food trucks and, uh, it's just a, and it's outdoors. It's a fun event. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love that. I think, again, we touch on this, um, more often now, but finding local events like that Mm -hmm. is such a great way to connect, especially if you're doing something like, you know, pet portraits or stories, all the things that you like to do when, when you can connect with your actual buyer and they get excited about it. It's such a great opportunity for for your art and your creativity to to you know take take place right there. I think that's really wise. It w- it was fun too because um, this past year there were a lot of out of towners that stopped in at the arts festival. So I had one girl actually was from Bozeman, and one it. was from Illinois um, that I did pet portraits for. So that that was a lot of fun. Mm, I love that. You know. I, I think too, one of the things that stands out about your artwork is the m- multimedia that you use. We haven't even touched on collage and, and, you know, I think so often, and maybe you found this in school, I'm not sure, but we feel like we need to pick something, you know, or, yeah. or we're recognized for something. So it's like, oh, I need to hang, hang out in that medium. What, what's it like for you and how do you embrace all the different mediums you like to use? You know, um, I think that doing using the different mediums and always being up to trying something new and doing the different, um, you know, I love to do the women, the desserts, the the flowers, um, the pets. Um, it just makes you even more creative because yeah. you're you're just you're constantly trying new things, and it just keeps you more alive and and more passion and. Um, um, yeah, the, the hand painted collage, it just, I l- like to do the flowers in the pots and it's just like for me doing a puzzle, I do, oh, desserts here. I've done, um, all the pie snobs, this cute little local shop done their pies, but, um, I, it, my, <laughs> I'm all over the place now. Too. No, that, <laughs> I love it. Well, see, that's how it is, but you, you have collage, you do, what do you do your, like, what did you do? Um, Brittany and what was that? Was that, that was acrylic? acrylic. Okay. That was yeah. all acrylic. But things sparkle and there's... You oh, know. yeah, sequins. I put sequins on a lot of my pet portraits. And then what, when you do landscapes and you're fine, refined, I should say, is that acrylic or do you ever use oils? No, I don't use oils just because of the, the smell, the toxic stuff. I, yeah. I do acrylics or I do colored pencil. I love that. For the landscapes. Um, and I... And, Another thing I do, Margo, is I love naming things. I yeah, give, I, I love names. <laughs> My flowers all have a name and they're always doing people activities. And, and um, it, it's just the whole connection thing. I yeah. just, it just, um, connecting is very important to me. And uh, yeah. Well, and I feel like too, one of the things that has been a, a- consistent thread for you is these are these characters and (laughs) and as you say everything becomes a character for you but 
these characters and their stories ha- have really um a I know you're just, that's really a part of what you do. And and I don't think that's a common thing, which is great too, because then that's Jules Gisler. You know, that's that's kind of what you do. Tell me a little bit about how those evolved and how you kind of approach those. Well, that happened, you know, when I was working um, as a receptionist too. I started just drawing these women and then I kind of look at the women and then I don't know, the stories just come to me. And then I try to refine them. I, they used to be a lot longer and I keep trying to get in, get them shorter and shorter and more succinct. And, and, um, but they're always quirky stories there. Maybe they have to do with love. Maybe they have to do with maybe having too many limoncellos at their neighbors the night before. And that's <laughs> why she's wearing the shades, um, for hikers blog she was getting her picture taken and she refused to remove her shades and and um so she said because it made her look more outdoorsy but actually it was because she was at her neighbor's the night before and they had homemade limoncello (laughs) oh and she had one too many of those (laughs) but see jules that's so great because you 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 go deep into story when you when you paint (laughs) these gals it's so fun it's super fun thank you I think there's so many books left to be still to be written, I should say, by you. I think I, I think I that. would love to. I would love to. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've done um your work has been in children's hospitals as well, which seems super appropriate. I have um yeah, I I would like to approach them more uh cuz it's it was in the children's surgery waiting room, um some flowers that I had done. Um, with some letters and some numbers at, at the um, banner uh, um, surgery uh, area. Um, so, yeah, that's something I would like to pursue more just because it, I feel like my art's happy. And <laughs> yeah, I think that makes so much sense. You know, I'm thinking about, I just was putting my, you know, product development hat on for a second, <laughs> sitting here thinking, like, okay what's the show that hospital art buyers go to? Like, how do they find who is in charge of that? You know, and how do they do that? There's a hospitality show that I never, I almost showed in with my work because I was, when I was, anyway, I was doing things that, that could have worked in that realm. But, you know, like when you go into Nordstrom and there's art in the, in the lobby and when you come in and when you go into a hospital and, and there's somebody that's doing that Jules, and it would be interesting. That might be something you could, you could think about on LinkedIn, but I'm just sitting here brainstorming because your work is so cheerful. You know, Cooper, my son um, went to a dentist when we lived in Minnesota that had the best artwork. I would go in there and just, you know, it was, it made you smile and think there's offices like that all over. And I just think between your stories and your pets, it would be it would be a good thing. So Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm thank gonna you. be thinking about that. that I would keep happen. my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uncovering, you know, t- looking under yes. a few rocks. You're right. You're right. You're right. I love that. I, I here, I'm gonna pause just for a second because I want to get my little questions. Um so since you have done all these things and you have had some great experiences. Oh, I do want to ask, I'm going to come back to this question in a second. What happened after the envelope factory? Cause you were, you went back and did that because you knew your dad wanted you to, but then what what happened? 
yeah, I, I still worked at the, the envelope company and that's when I, you know, started doing the pillows okay. and the rock okay. pillows. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. I just yeah. was like, wait, I, I wanted <laughs> no. to hear the end of that chapter. <laughs> Do you have advice for people um, as they're navigating their own creative journey and wanting to expand their artistic horizons? What would you what would you say to your younger self or people who are at that point now where they might be a little like not knowing what to what to do next or in a in a point that feels like oh my gosh how am I going to get back to my creative self um I definitely think just trying to uh draw every day is what helps me it kind of it kind of gives me that sense of peace or going for a walk and and just getting grounded outdoors I I do that in the morning and at night with my dog um uh or going for a hike um that that is just when my head just kind of thinks about where I am what I'm doing um what I want to do um and I and I I know I know I go back to this but the whole thing just the simple words why not you know um and i have found that truly i you know just believing in yourself just know you can do it you know there's if you look back on your life oh this is a good thing somebody told me instead of looking ahead at that mountain you're climbing or what you're going to go through look behind you and see how far you've come mm. Mm, that's really good. That's very poignant. Yeah, I really do think there's definite crossroads in our lives where we think, oh my gosh, how am I going to, what's next? What's next is often the question. And yeah, and we really just have to keep putting our feet in front of the next. And if if you have the opportunity to do that in nature or dance a little while you're doing it or right. <laughs> draw along the way, then, then you're, you're, you're surrounding yourself with things that will kind of nourish that, that, I don't know, that spot that feels hard. And pl- to me, music is just mm-hmm. the best. I, and I kind of made the connection when I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher put on this record and she said, I want you to draw what you feel to this music. And they, she had us like, okay, the, the soldiers straight, you know lines to this music and then the the ballerinas with the curly and the the flowing and um i think that's why i'm so connected to music I, that i always have to have music on all different kinds yeah but, i love that music is such a it, it just touches yeah. us in so many different ways i feel like um some people are more attached than others growing up um i can remember my our day was filled with music dad my dad would wake up and go to the turntable and put that record on. And, and my son is so the same, my gosh, he's learning to drive Jules and <laughs> he <laughs> cannot drive. Deep breath, with, deep breath. I know. Right. Oh, at least we live on an Island. It's pretty, pretty, <laughs> I have to take him off to get some more experience, but he drives to music. He like, when I pick him up from the ferry and we drive home, he drives home. We can't go until he has his appropriate soundtrack on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, just oh, drive. I love that. Oh, he's my guy. I love that. <laughs> but I think many people can relate. You know, there's those, you know, what do you do? You have favorite things to play? Maybe we should we should have you do a little uh, a little 
soundtrack playlist? for yeah, a little playlist for us. <laughs> you know, um, I you know, some people probably say, Why do you have that Alexa? They're probably, you know, knowing every of your move. But it, it was such a holiday when I got Alexa and I'd say, Alexa, play the stones, Alexa, play Mark Knopfler, <laughs> Alexa. Play, you know, Diana Crawl. <laughs> it was just like a holiday. I was like so excited. She and she did it. <laughs> and then someday, oh, and I love Donovan. And some days I'd go play Donovan. And she goes, Donovan's not here. And I, I just, we would have these arguments. Okay, you just played Donovan last week. Come on. You, <laughs> no more Donovan for you. She, she does not like me some days. I, yeah. My dad's still that way. There's always some music going on. We were playing dominoes last night there. And he said, play Engelbert Humperdinck. And I was like, <laughs> that's a I first. But she'll say, sometimes she'll say, no, but I'll play I know. these things that are like Engelbert Humperdinck. Like, whatever. Anyway, I might I might challenge you to do a playlist for us, Jules. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> would I would love great. it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, y- you know, I, I just have to say, too, watching you and keeping an eye on your your progress and your personal path. It's just been so heartwarming and inspiring to see you just doing your thing, because I really feel like you are questioning, am I doing the right thing? Should I be putting these things out there? And sometimes that happens when when you're either your confidence is down or you're you're yeah. immersed in classes where people's work might not look the same right. or whatever, but you've really stuck to you. And I just think there's so much to be said for that. I, I and Margo, you know how much I admire you. So when you say things, it's like God spoke to me. So oh, <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, you know, I just love that you reached out and we had some time to work together um, when you you were like questioning some of that. And, you know, we, we all have our moments. And I just, it's just, I just love popping in and looking at her Instagram every one, once in a while and thinking, yeah, she's doing it. She's doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's really good. Any other words of wisdom or advice? Oh my goodness. Just keep saying, why not? Yeah. Why not? And, you know, yeah, just keep pushing through and, and, um, yeah, put on that those tunes and <laughs> go for a walk and and uh yeah. And any book publishers get a hold of Jules for heaven's yes, sake. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me who's inspiring you these days. Oh gosh. One person, you know, I've never had I always wanted somebody that would go, oh my gosh, you know what you do is cool. Keep going, keep going. And I've never had that in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And then one day, this was probably be about a year ago. Um, this person kept making comments on my posts and I thought, yeah, that name sounds familiar. And I looked at her and it was Leslie Moke Murray, oh. who is an amazing Louis 23 Louis awards um she's a card designer and um privately or on my comments she makes comments and she keeps me going she i told her how much i respected her because i remembered back when in billings montana at hatches 
gift shop. My mom and I would go in there and read her cards and just laugh and laugh. And oh so the connection yeah. with my mom too, you know, and um, she, I mean, she, she's amazing. So, you know, that's I, really cool. And again, this, this um, I'll put Leslie's uh, link in the show notes, but Jules, that makes so much sense. You're, she draws really fun characters that have a certain you know mood about them and it feels like they all could be telling a story as yours do and i think that's such a cool connection i love that see you just never know who's looking you absolutely never know who's looking this is so true see and that those those little moments are like oh my god there's a little vote of confidence i'll take it She's my people. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, like I said, all my life, I, I wanted somebody to, to think I did was doing okay. And, and, um, just her words. And I've told her countless times, do you know how much I admire you? I mean, anyway, Aww. I could go on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great one. I love that. Anybody else? Oh, goodness. I, I mean, I just admire all the artists that, you know, keep going. I love the musicians. Uh, you know, people that make great chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too. I have to ask, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite chocolate? Cause I'm always, you know, curious about that. Well, okay. I do have to tell you, and I I think they're all sold out. At least they are here in in Phoenix, but um, I just recently discovered the Jojo's, the ones that are are like a dark chocolate dipped in. um, And this is at Trader Joe's. Yeah, chocolate with a little bit of peppermint on them. And yes. it's not like overbearing peppermint because I'm not really, I like peppermint ice cream, but that's. So anyway, the other day I went in and, you know, somebody was telling me about them. I thought, okay, I'll buy a box, you know, and I bought it. And I'm like, oh my God, these are so good. <laughs> and so then I went back and I shared my news with somebody else that was shopping. I said, oh, you need to try these. And she said, oh. And then she goes, well, I'll take two. And I said, well, I'll take three. <laughs> So needless to say, they're sold out here. But um, oh my gosh, my friend Abby and I used to say that the jo- the Christmas JoJo's are out. Get in there! <laughs> I can't believe I just discovered them. But um, and they're, they're dark chocolate covered nuts with the tuberin sugar. My oh yes, correctly yes. salt. Those oh, are so gosh. good. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, delicious. I love that. I need to start asking people what their favorite chocolate is. <laughs> you do. Ah. <laughs> uh, Jules, thanks so much just for being you and for sticking to what you feel is your vibe and your style because it just makes us smile all the time. And I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. And you know how I feel about you, Margo. You you are top dog in my world. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Jules. Well, right back at you. And, you know, keep doing that art that makes people smile and more importantly, makes you smile as well. It's, it's the best. Thank you, Margo. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.